It's 10 a.m., which means it's time for Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah, good morning. Happy June 5th, 2021. It is Utah Car Sense. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru. As you heard, I am Austin Horton, and he is Jeff Miller. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Austin. How are you? You know, I've been better. I have been better. Uh, it's a good thing that you're doing this socially distanced today, because I do have a bit of a cold. I'm a bit under the weather. Bit under the weather. It's all those late nights with the jazz. <laughs> yeah, that and t- uh, two-year-old booger machine. That the, yeah, is that. They both do that. Quite she's a well. she's the cutest but worst roommate I've ever ever had. Uh, <laughs> like if a if she weren't my daughter, I'd probably evict her. Uh, so uh, she's she just has no regard for personal space. She has no regard for uh, etiquette, uh, hygiene, hygiene. Uh, you know, she is just always moody. But then she looks at me with those eyes, and it's like, okay, I love you. Okay, it's fine. Okay, <laughs> I'll have a cold for you. Okay. So uh, I'm keeping my distance from everybody. You're on Zoom. Alex is behind double-paned glass in a soundproof booth, and uh, we'll, we'll get through this. But uh, it's not whatever. I've had COVID, and I've been double-vaccinated. This isn't COVID. I, I went and got uh, checked just to be sure, and... It's just the old run-of-the-mill cold, but how long will it be before whenever we get the sniffles that we just um, automatically go, oh, it's it's just the sniffles? Because I think it's going to be a while, for me anyway, where I automatically go get tested just so I could rule it out. Right, and, and allergies right now are a big thing, too. Oh, for sure. I think, I'm ha- I, think I got some of that going and this cold so yeah i've got sniffles and stuff like that but it's most it's more allergies than anything yep so but we'll get through it and we've got a lot of great things to talk about today uh starting with the utah jazz who are on to the next round jeff you called it a gentleman's sweep yeah i was just trying to remember how, how many games did i say it was gonna be? <laughs> you said it would be a gentleman's sweep of five games and lo and behold and and, and what team did you say was going to come out of the east oh yeah that was a that, I, I believe I said the Brooklyn Nets. Ah, <laughs> oh, no, I think it was the Miami <laughs> Heat. <laughs> what a disaster. Unbelievable. So, <laughs> th- and not only did they not uh, perform, they didn't even show up. They it, got swept. Not only did they not make it even the second round, they got swept. Unbelievable. And it wasn't even close in any of the games, really. Uh, no. So, I was way way wrong about Spolster's squad there and uh well, I don't think I'm even gonna ask you your second round predictions no don't do that because I also <laughs> thought the Mavericks were gonna win last night and they didn't so the Jazz are awaiting tomorrow's result of game seven between the Clippers and Mavericks game one of the second round will be Tuesday of next week uh I believe looking at the Jazz producer behind the glass Alex Lumberg 7 30 uh tip off for game one Eight o'clock, eight o'clock. Tuesday's eight o'clock. There is also it's 10 Eastern. uh, God, I'll have to. In fact, I've got it right here. Uh, It's 10 Eastern, which is eight o'clock here. Tuesday, Thursday would be another eight o'clock tip. Saturday would be a 630 tip off. Monday would be uh, TBD so far. So we'll see. 
the the good how crazy how crazy would have been if Dallas would have won that game? They would have been playing in Utah on thirty six hours rest. Yeah. That's brutal. Uh, it would have been. It would have been great. <laughs> great for the jazz. Great for the jazz. Although who knows what's going on with Conley? Yeah, Conley's uh, hamstring is worrisome for me. I don't have any inside information or insight. It's just it, it's a it's a bad sign in my opinion that really the first time he does a back to back game and it wasn't back to back days, but first time he plays a, a game in that short amount of hours is when his hamstring tightens up again uh, because it was the first part of the series. There were several days between games. And then in that latter part of the series, it was every other day. And that's when the hamstring acted up. That, that worries me. Uh, yeah. but hopefully it's the enough real, time. The, the real hope at this point is that they're just being safe. Well, definitely. And I think that he is to be commended for not trying to game it out and saying, hey, this is tightening up, I better sit down. Because that holds hope that he can return. Whereas if he just tried to uh, warrior through it, then it could be aggravated way way worse than just sore. Uh, right, and how strained. bad was that Anthony Davis situation the other night? Okay, so we all saw what happened to him with the groin injury. I could yeah. not believe that he was willing – and cleared to, to play in that game. And now they're talking about perhaps missing a season for Anthony Davis. This is, this is, this like, is who a, are those, who are those doctors? Well, and this is a classic example. It's a very good case to the jazz and Mitchell. Yes. Gotta, they're making the jazz doctors look pretty good right now. They are because that, that and that's a, that's a classic example of what Matt Barnes and Vince Carter were talking about where the players sometimes need protecting from themselves. He's uh, always going to want to play. And the doctors have always got to rely on the science, not... And they're not listening to what the player says. They're watching the player on the court and saying, does he look okay? And if you watch Davis in warm-ups, he didn't no. look okay. Nope, not at all. He didn't even he warm grimacing. up. He was grimacing on every step. He, he, was, he was not even walking. He was just standing in one place and, and shooting the ball one-handed and... It was not a warm-up, and to, to clear him to play, essentially I think what happened was the, the doctors said, uh, we don't think he can play. The Lakers said, they don't think you can play. Anthony Davis and his agent said he's playing, and that was that. And he played, and now it's going to be, I don't know what's going to happen there, but all kinds of drama. And then the stuff with Portland, and they, they letting go of Terry Stotts. Uh, I, I was told two months about two months ago that portland had hopes and dreams and wishes of being able to throw some money quinn snyder's way and it looks like that uh, either never came to be or was turned down real quickly because it looks like uh, they're going after jason kidd now so that's good Phillips, news for right? the jazz i think yeah they don't want to lose or him. chauncey Billups. yeah that's right uh and damian lillard i guess said he wanted to stop's gone and so Stotts is gone don't know that that was the problem there, fella, but we'll see. Because I think Stotts is a really good coach. I think that uh, Neil Olshay is not a good architect, but that's just my opinion. All right, so there's your NBA stuff. We'll get we'll get to that uh, throughout the show today, Jeff. But I have uh, started a new thing for this show. Uh, I, I've opened a, a – my DMs are open on Twitter – if you ever throughout the week have a question, a comment, a story, 
about cars, about your car, about maybe you're in the market for looking for cars. We want to be more interactive on this show. A lot of times people don't call in, but they still out there have questions. So I'd like to let people know that I'm on Twitter at Austin Horton. You can always send me a question. Jeff, you usually give out your email for this reason, right? Yeah, I'm Jeff M at mmsubaru.com. So if you ever have a question or a comment or a request, let us know and we'll bring it up here on the show. And to that end, Jeff, I have seven questions that I got over the last week and a half. Let's do it. So we'll get to those uh, throughout the show as well. But let's start, first of all, with a wrap-up of the Do Good, Feel Good event. Uh, I don't know if you have final numbers or anything like that, but it was for the whole month of May. $75 donated from both locations of Mark Miller Subaru for each used and new car sold towards one of the seven Love Promise charity partners. How did that event go over for you, Jeff? It went great. We had one of our, we actually had one of our best Mays ever. Really cool. From a unit standpoint. So, I mean, we've sold a lot of cars. We don't have the final donation numbers yet. We'll give it out at our big event in a couple of weeks. But yeah, it was pretty exciting. I mean, it was just a great event, a really good participation. It was fun having all the nonprofits come to the store and educate people about what they do and all the incredible stuff they do. And like I said, one of my favorite events of the year and definitely a successful event. In fact, uh, we last week speaking with Margie of uh, Street Dog Crew of Utah, we were huh? talking with her at the Southtown location, and she uh, mentioned that a lot of people might have uh, the means to donate either monetarily or if you're if you've lost a, a pet recently and you don't know what to do with their collar their bowl their their dish their their bed street dog crew of utah will take your donations and i actually got a message uh, over the week wanting to know where and how people could donate so the the website is street dog crew and dog is d-a-w-g street dog org. if you'd like to go on there there's a little donate button and and help out that way. So that was one of the seven love promise charity partners you guys worked with. Yeah, they're, they're a great organization, what they do and helping animals on the street. So we'll get some uh, numbers from you here in a couple weeks. I know someone uh, is going to, have you announced who won the, uh, the lease? No, the lease, that will be at the event. So we'll do okay. the, the lease will be at the event, which there's still a chance to win that too. We'll have that event in a couple of weeks and show up the day of the event and still be entered to win that. So head to uh, Mark Miller Subaru's Facebook page for details on how you can uh, enter to win that. Uh, get in the <clears throat> mix on how to win that. Weeks from today. Yeah, for sure. All right, Jeff, uh, let's dive into the car news. But first of all, phone number 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE-9663. If you have a question, a comment, a story, everyone that shares with us on air today has entered into the drawing for our oil, a free oil change for Mark Miller Subaru at the end of the show, thanks to uh, the service techs at Mark Miller Subaru for offering that up. And that's where I want to start, Jeff. Uh, about a year ago, we were talking about the need for good me mechanics and technicians and how you guys are constantly looking to hire and train in that area. Is that still the case? Oh my gosh, always. I mean, I think that the demand for technicians is through the roof in any store. Like, I, like I've said it all the time, but like if you have a 17, 18 year old kid who's looking for a good career that they'll be taken care of forever, that is a good career. They're well paid if they, if they work hard. And there's always going to be jobs. Job security is always going to be there for a, a auto mechanic. Yeah, I mean, we're, I, 
I literally had a conversation last week with one of my managers like, so we, are we still hiring technicians? Like we're always hiring technicians. <laughs> There's never a point where we will not take an interview for a technician. I also, I've got a neighbor who sells for a, uh, a local dealer and he, he was talking to me over the fence, so to speak yesterday about uh, this show and what I know about you guys at Mark Miller. And I, I got talking to him about the promise price program and his, I, I thought for sure, uh, he was going to be like, oh, yeah, well, if, if, it does, if it means I can't make X amount of dollars on top of whatever because I can't negotiate, then. but instead he was really, really intrigued by it. And he thought, he said, do you know if they're ever hiring for salespeople? And I thought, oh, I'll bring it up on the show and ask. Yeah, I mean, at the, at right now, at this point, we're not hiring just because with the inventory shortage, it's just not fair to our guys that are already on the sales floor. We just don't have as many cars to sell. Sure. So the next couple of months are going to be a little slow, but coming out of the next couple of months, we'll be loading up again. Yeah. When this, when this, uh, when the course correction happens in the industry. Yeah. I, I mean, they're that... talking about really big production numbers for the fourth quarter. If they can get the microchips and if that's the case, we're going to need people for sure. Well, that brings me to the first question I wanted to bring up from a, from a listener. This is Carrie who sent this to me uh, on Twitter at Austin Horton. Uh, if you want to get, uh, get involved and ask some questions, Carrie was wondering if it's a good idea to rush out and buy a new car. Let me read exactly what Carrie said. Should I rush out and buy a new car because the semiconductor chip shortage is going to leave dealer lots empty, or should I wait until the semiconductor chip shortage is resolved? Jeff, your thoughts. So I'd say right now, it's a tough time anyway. I mean, any you're, I think you kind of already missed the beat on that one. I mean, I think the lots are empty. I mean, it's not like the lots are going to become empty. The lots are empty. I mean, to give you some perspective right now, our, both of our Subaru stores combined right now have 16 new cars on the ground. Oh. That's a two-day supply. So at this point, we're basically, if you're buying a new car, we're ordering it and getting it in, and we can do that. And the, the difficulty right now is with supply low is you're going to be paying a little bit more. Without question, your prices are going to be up. And we as an organization don't sell cars for over MSRP, but there are definitely organizations out there right now that you're seeing for the first time in a while what is referred to as an addendum sticker or a dealer, additional dealer markup sticker. Hmm. And so they're putting money on top of MSRP and selling the car for more than sticker. Right. And yet you really don't see that very often, but in a market where you're sitting on two day supplies, that happens. So the, the one reason you'd want to buy a new car at this point, though, would be if you have a trade, right? Because right now the value of your trade is going to be higher than it's ever been. And if you can find a place that will give you a reasonable deal on a new car, you're going to make it up in the value of the trade. Hmm. That makes sense? Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Right. So like if you wait for three or four months, you might be able to get that new car for a lower price because the inventories come out and find exactly what you want new car wise. But the used car value of your trade is going to go down. So is that because I guess it's the old uh, situation where if you sell your house for a high number, that's great, but then you need a new you house. You got to go find another one, right? Yeah, that's where we're so that's sitting, right? Yeah. So that's that's where it's tough. Like trading used on used is a tough one right now mm. because the used car market's so high. You're paying a lot for the used car. You're getting a lot on trade, but you're paying a lot to get another one. In a new car world, as long as they're not going above sticker price, there's really not a lot of range there. Yeah. Right. Because the markup for a dealer 
isn't crazy between what they pay for it and what sticker is. Do you think, and that's you're to be commended for never selling over MSRP, but like you mentioned, this uh, this formula that we've uh, run into with the chip shortage, it's ripe for the other dealers to do so, to add on top of that. Uh, and and I don't, that I mean, it's not necessarily an unethical thing to do it that way. I mean, these, these dealerships still have to keep the lights on in business. And if you've been selling 100 cars and now you're only selling 50, because you don't have the cars, you've got to make the money to keep your lights on and pay your employees. Right. And, and it's, right? it's being disclosed, the addendum yeah. sticker. It's not behind, you know, it, it, they're not just slipping this past people. Uh, it's business. And, but, I, you know, it's not how I would prefer it to be run. You guys do it the right way, in my opinion. But I understand why others would do it that way. Do yeah, you feel, I understand it completely, too. Do you feel that it will be, it'll become the norm going forward? Or will course correction happen and we'll, we'll lose those addendums eventually? Well, of course, correction will happen. It's, everything's driven by the market, right? At the point, I mean, right now, like, you, like I said, we, we literally have eight cars in the background. There's not much of choice. <laughs> And possibly of those eight cars, a few of them might already be sold, hmm. right? And so the idea is right now, the way the market works now, most new car stores that are dealing with this kind of inventory situation is everything's done on a sold order basis. So we're doing sold orders, we're selling incoming cars, and then the truck shows up, and we just call a customer for delivery. Yeah, yeah. Every car right. on that truck is already purchased. Yeah. At this point, I mean, I think we have 60 or 70 orders right now. So pretty much most of the cars coming in have a name on them. So then my, I guess my question then becomes, do you think that the industry overall will look and say, oh, wow, we we have half, you know, in a good world, we have half the supply we did a year ago, but yet we're selling it for so much more. Maybe we just don't make as many cars and keep the prices high. Do you think that'll happen? No, not a chance. Because the, the idea is, it depends your manufacturer, right? Because there's an argument between a manufacturer and the retailer, right? The, the manufacturer credits themselves with a sale when they sell it to the retailer. So they will, the manufacturer has a benefit to put as many cars on the dealer's lots as possible because yeah. the dealer has the cost of that, right? Right. Once mm -hmm. they give us the car, I have to finance it. I have to floor it. I have to pay interest on those cars until I sell them. Yeah, right. Okay. So the manufacturer wants 60 day supplies on dealer lots. So the dealers want probably a 45 day supply on their lots. So that's kind of the argument. There's always that little fight back and forth. And so what happens is I get it. We get it in the super world once a month, we get an allocation sent to us. Mm -hmm. So I say, here's what we're going to give you. And we have the opportunity to say yes or no in this market and pretty much forever in the Subaru world, we've never said no. Yeah. But, but back in the days, so like when I was a new car manager back in 2007, before clunkers, before the recession, there were, there were times where we were probably selling 60 new cars a month where they'd sell us an allocation of 90 or hundred cars. <laughs> and we'd be like, uh, we're good. I'll take 60 of them, 70 of them. And you pick and choose the one you want, and then they'd call you back and try and get you to take more. And it was like a little fight between us and the factory. But ever since, literally ever since Castro Clunkers, we have never denied an allocation. So that's 13 years. 
Well, thanks to Carrie for the question. Uh, I think it's a good one. Uh, this... Another good, interesting one is leases. Well, there's okay. a lot of people right now coming in with lease returns right now, and it's a big concern, right? Because if, if my lease is running out and there's nothing I can buy, that's a problem, right? Yeah. So your, your number one option is just about every manufacturer out there is doing this right now is you have the opportunity. I would extend your lease. Okay. So call your leasing company and say, hey, I wouldn't want to extend my lease for a few months. And generally what they'll do is basically just make the same payment for a few more months. Hmm. And your residual drops because of it. Obviously. So yeah. By the payments you made. But right now is a good idea to extend those leases and wait till you can get the car you actually want. That's a great idea. That's good advice because that that last part you said, when you're leasing – you're typically leasing because you have a, a car that you're in love with. And then at the end of the lease, you have another car in mind that you'd like to switch to. And so when you say get the car you want, it would make complete sense to wait, extend that lease rather than getting forced into another lease of a car you don't necessarily want. But here's your other argument on that same case, right? Is that values of those lease returns have never been higher. True. So you might have the opportunity to get out of your lease at this point. If you can find a new car hmm. and have equity, what that's that's a really good point because and right? that's because the, the value of your trade in so high that you might be out of your lease and have some equity you can put toward your next one, and even if you pay sticker on your next one, you might have a lower lease payment. Yeah, and that that's one of the top benefits of leasing is when that happens when you end up with equity. Yeah, you get that profit decision at the end of the lease where you might get to make some money at the end. Yeah, because you were overpaying a little bit the whole way through, or or put it towards the next one and lower the monthly, whatever you choose to do with it. Yep. Uh, so there you go. Uh, that that's kind of the the whole world of the cars is hanging on this uh, chip production, the wafer boards. Man, I wish I was it's, in the wafer board business right now. Right. I mean, if you're <laughs> in the chip business, you'd be killing it. Got to build some more chip factories. Be amazing. 855-340-ZONE. If you have a question, a comment, a story, you call in 855-340-ZONE. Now, I, admittedly, Jeff, I heard about this story, but did not realize it happened here in Utah. The two young girls from West Jordan that took their family car and went to California. Did you hear this? No, I haven't. So two girls from Utah, one age nine, the other age four, in the early morning hours uh, in West Jordan, sneaked the keys to a Chevy Malibu Wednesday morning, uh, went out the family uh, home through the basement, got in the car, and drove down I-15 because they, quote, wanted to swim with dolphins in California. Uh, as good of a reason as any. The girls did sideswipe a car and then collided with a semi-truck. Both Ooh. were wearing seatbelts, and no one was harmed. So a miracle. Yeah, a miracle. Absolutely. Glad that they were wearing seatbelts. Glad that no one else was harmed, including them. They woke up at 3 in the morning, uh, got the, the parents' keys off of a hook, got the Malibu, and started heading south towards California. Uh, this is the second time in three years that underage kids here in Utah have taken their family's keys and tried to get to California. Disney, I blame you. This is your fault, Disney. Those kids need to be smarter. Disney's not open to out-of-state residences. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Right? And I guess in Come this on. case, it's SeaWorld's fault because 
of the Dolphins. Yeah. I don't see Dolphins. That's right. So unbelievable. I, I guess they got they went ten miles. Ten miles. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, police were surprised to find a child behind the wheel. Obviously, uh, they don't know how fast the girls were traveling. If they were oh, at highway ran, speed or not, she ran head first in the semi, and right, and no one was hurt. It's a, it's was a. The, was the four-year-old in the front seat? Uh, that I didn't read. I'm not sure where the. Yeah, two little girls in the front seat. Yep. Wow, that's crazy. Nine-year-old behind the wheel, four-year-old in the passenger, both wearing seatbelts. I remember is... to hide my keys. I got a ten-year-old. <laughs> well, that's that's where I wanted to go. What is your advice? Because I. I hang my keys on a hook by the garage door. I'm wondering if that's not only a bad idea for as my kids get older, but perhaps someone that were to get into my home, they could just steal my car so easily. I don't know. I mean, I think it's more about just teaching your kids right and dealing with it that way. <laughs> I think you're, you're never going to be able to hide enough stuff to keep your kids out of trouble. <laughs> Right? I mean, especially if they're as bold as this nine and four year old are, they're going to find yeah, a way I'm to break about a nine year old. I mean, a nine year old, they know what they're doing. <laughs> a that's a nine year old gangster right there. That's, that's... Yeah, I'll tell you right now, my nine year old, <laughs> she would find keys anywhere I hid them in this house. <laughs> I never sort of locking them in my safe every night. She would be able to get them anywhere in this house. I mean, growing up, I didn't have the guts to ask my parents if we could go out for ice cream, let alone steal their car keys. Hi, puppies. Good morning, puppies. They're really excited <laughs> about something. Well, they're probably excited about our first break. We're going to take I a have, break here. Get our, get our phone lines open, 855-340-ZONE. He's Jeff Miller. I'm Austin Horton. It's Utah Car Sense, presented by Mark Miller Subaru. We'll be right back. You're listening to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back, Utah Car Sense. 855-340-ZONE to be on the show. 855-340-ZONE. Any questions, comments, stories you'd like to share with us, call us. Jeff Miller is here to talk to you and answer your questions, and you'll be entered into the drawing for the free oil change. Jeff, uh, did you see the news about the Chevy Bolt and where it's headed next? I have not. When was the last time you got pulled over? Go ahead and tell us. It's been years. Yesterday? Wow. No, years. Like <laughs> three, three or four years at least. Has it really? Good for you. Good for, a for you. Ticket, probably. Uh, probably driving too fast. Well, if, if it stays on for three years, right? So it's gone off your record. That's cool. Yeah, Good I think I got a clean record. Well, uh, I, I've been pulled over more recently than that. I Honestly, I don't remember when it was. I think it was last summer, uh, and I got a warning. It was a miracle. That's It's never happened really before for me. Uh, he was The guy was really cool. And I did you flirt? Yeah, I did. I batted my eyelashes and... <laughs> Uh, said I'm Gordon Monson, and it, it worked. It, it it worked really well. It definitely works. That's what I hear. Uh, but GM has announced that the Chevy Bolt could be the next car pulling you over. Which I uh, I just I'm smiling, trying to read no, this with a straight face. <laughs> trying to read this with a straight face, man. Uh, the all-electric 2022 Bolt EV and larger Bolt EUV 
has been added to the GM fleet ordering system with special provisions for law enforcement. So it doesn't say whether or not they have any existing orders from police for these cars, but they're letting the police uh, academies know, or academies, police uh, 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 se- what precincts know you can order these if you'd like. The all-electric car is equipped with 20-amp and 30-amp circuits to accommodate accessory lights and equipment and have a surveillance mode that turns off all illumination while allowing the car to stay powered on. I don't know what any of that means. It makes it quiet. Oh, okay. It doesn't make noise so you can sneak up on people. But the problem is, is isn't there not like a maximum speed of like 90? I, it, says, uh, it says that uh, uh, neither is pursuit rated, but they're still both pretty quick. <laughs> It says the EV needs just six and a half seconds, the EUV seven seconds to get to 60 miles an hour, and it has ranges of 259 and 247 miles per charge. But that doesn't mean so. What this would be is a meter made car, right? You're not going to see this chasing anybody down the freeway. This one's not going down the 405 in a classic. This is LA like pursuit. Yeah, this is like school resource officer car. This is not. The, the U.S. Marshals uh, that are, you're not going to see this on live PD in, in no. any case. But I, I could not even, I thought for sure this was a spoof. And it's, they don't have any existing orders because why would they? <laughs> but if you've got a, you know, a, a smaller precinct of a ta- in a town of like 18 people, and, nice uh, retirement village. This might work for you. Yes. <laughs> if, if you need a police, a sheriff in the good old Golden Acres in, in Boynton Beach, this in is the uh, villages in Florida. The car for you. <laughs> Going to chase all those people on their golf carts. Hey, have you ever heard of people overfilling their motor oil or getting their car back from having a, an oil change, and it was overfilled? Did, have you ever had that experience? Yeah, it happens. So apparently, uh, I was reading on a forum that people will get their oil changed. Then when they get it back, they'll check the, check it themselves to make sure it was done correctly. And the dipstick is supposed to be somewhere between low and high, and it'll be overfilled. What what problems come from overfilling on your motor oil, Jeff? Uh, leaks. You can cause oil leaks in the car. Overflow and stuff like that. I mean, generally, it burns off at some point, but... Generally, we want to stay keep it inside the specs. Okay, so it's not it's not the end of the world if it were to nah. be overfilled a little bit. Um, and, and but the the problem that I see a lot or I saw a lot in this forum is the five minute in and out places. They're not truly all the way all the time draining the old oil out because that takes some time, and they're wanting to get the next person in and out of there, and so they drain it somewhat and then fill it back up and that's where you sometimes get some overfill happening yeah and like i said the biggest issue on it is you're gonna it's gonna it can cause oil leaks because you put too much oil in the system too much pressure puts pressure on the gaskets causes leaks i've never had this happen myself by the way we get people all the time that check our work (laughs) call it and we bring it in and we double check it and make sure we're right and it happens and i guess that would be my advice is if you get home from the uh, mom-pop lube shop and you find that you've been overfilled or something, I wouldn't just say, well, I'll never go back there again. I'd let them know. I'd let yeah, them I'd know. bring they'll it to their most, attention. Almost everyone you know, they'll take care of it for free and make sure you're taken care of. And 
the bigger the bigger thing we generally get is when our guys put oil in the car they spill a little sometimes it just happens sure like little drips and stuff yeah. that are on the engine and what happens is those drips that are on top of the engine start smoking mm. yeah or they start making an oil smell and people are like what's what'd you do to my car it's, there's no damage it doesn't cause any problems it just makes that annoying smell and that's well, that, more common than an overfill. And that'd be unnerving, right? To to see your oh, smell yeah, smoke. Yeah. If, they, if, they can get, if they get a few drops of oil in the engine, it can cause a little smoke. Yeah. And I got a little smoke coming from under your hood. It's like, oh, that, that's not good. So, and, you know, most places uh, would want to know about the mistake so that there's better training to the, their service technician or so, so that they can avoid bigger problems in the future, right? Yeah, most places have the technology. They're like, we have oil guns in our service thing that you dial in the right amount of oil so you, you get an exact pour right yeah right but some places they just kind of free flow it yeah in fact uh when i last got my oil changed uh of my with my other car it was at a place even even this little mom pa shop has those uh, uh the technology guns that you're talking about that pretty much does oh. it all for them so most places i think are up to date on that but you, you yeah, find we do some. That. we, that's more of an environmental thing for us because by being able, we, we can buy that oil in bulk, and so we're not buying that little oil cans and throwing away oil bottles every time we do an oil change. Yeah, that's a good point. Yep, uh, that's a lot of plastic uh, over that's one day in a service bay. <laughs> so yeah, what do you get in like a big tank? How do you get and the it's oil? Very, and it's plastic that's, that you can't really recycle because it's covered, because in, oil. It's covered in oil. Yeah. How do you get your oil delivered? Is there a big underground tank? How does that work? Yeah, we have a, we have a, we have an oil room with tanks in it, with probably ten oil tanks in it. Wow! And they just come and big truck comes and fills them up. It's Utah Car Sense presented by Mark Miller Subaru. He's Jeff Miller of Mark Miller Subaru. I'm Austin Horton. Eight five five three four zero zone. This surprised me greatly. We were talking earlier about used cars, the demand, the supply being low, the demand being high, and how a used car this month uh, could be worth more than it was this month last year, even with more miles and all that on it, Jeff. But the the uh, number one fastest uh, growing demand in used car, do you know what the brand is? This surprised me greatly. Fastest growing demand in used car brand. At know. least, uh, at least maybe I've worded that wrong. It's the the uh, prices are climbing faster than any other used car for this brand, and it drove it. I I still don't know if I believe it, but this is according to the Drive dot com. Saturn, old Saturn prices are climbing faster than any other used car right now. There's just a clamoring for old Saturns. I no cannot way. buy that. I can't. I can't imagine there. Or Saturns that are still drivable. I mean, Saturn went out of business, what, 12 years ago, 11 years ago? Uh, yeah, let's see. Yeah. In fact, it had been, it was during 2008. It was during the collapse. So. October of 2010, Saturn went out of business officially. Uh, but now values of used Saturns are rebounding. According to the online auto marketplace Car Gurus, used Saturn prices have been climbing higher than any other brand over the last 90 days. It's a Is it strange. They've gone from zero to a thousand. That's <laughs> that might be. There might be some math involved here, right? Imagine <laughs> paying over fifteen hundred dollars for any Saturn. Uh, it says, "Does this mean Saturn is the next hot commodity to invest in?" No, probably not. Saturn values are on the rise, sure, but so are the values of pretty much every other used car. And to be clear, Saturn values are going up the most, though, and by a pretty healthy margin. 
Values of the defunct automakers' vehicles are up 26.29%, followed by Smart Car and Ford. Ah, so that's it, Austin. They've gone from $1,000 to $1,200. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Followed by Hyundai, Kia, and Dodge. There you go. Uh, (laughs) Also, other other brands that saw used car price increase, Lamborghini, Ferrari, and Rolls-Royce. So... Look, I'm going to look up a Saturn. What would be the most expensive Saturn? Probably a view. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Because it's got the, the, the bigger seating. Uh, like 150,000 miles to 2009. There aren't any. They just don't exist. Yeah. I, first I, of all. I went on a few dates with a girl in college that had a view, and it really affected Ooh. our future of the relationship. I just didn't trust anyone that drove us out in 2500 miles there's one there's no way someone's asking for 16 grand for a 2009 saturn view <laughs> is that's it, a that's a crime is so there a arrested. original copy of the declaration of independence under the floor mat uh oh my gosh so my used car manager sent out an email to all of our sales staff just as a joke email thing that there was a 2020 forester premium with 8,000 miles listed for sale on a used car lot in this state, literally online for sale. This is a premium. So this is a cloth car with an MSRP of probably 27 grand, 28 grand. Okay. For 35,000. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So that's how goofy things are. What a wild time. I'm not buying that car. Yeah, yeah. Uh, have you ever price. have you ever seen it this uh, goofy as you put it? No. Yeah, I don't, and it's we probably just, never will. It's, it's so goofy. Yeah. Just just be careful on it. Just when you're, if you're out there buying a car, just be careful and understand the values and understand whatever you're buying a car for. Understand what that car could be worth in six to twelve months. Well, if you, if you're one of those people that have always bought used and have thought when is, I would like to get into the new car, but it's never really this is there's never going to be a better time for you to go from used to new. This it's is a it. very good time to go from used to new, especially if you're staying under MSRP. If you're staying what? Under MSRP. I'll oh yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is your chance. Don't wait. Don't think yeah, oh I mean, you're not it's going to go down for a Getting invoice on a car right now. Nope. So don't think that's going to happen. It's not those days. Hey, while we're talking about oil, another question that I got from uh, Peter. Uh, well, actually, he says, he says, call me Pete. Sorry, I shouldn't have called you Peter. It's Pete. Uh, Is it Pete Philbrook? No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Does he not like to be called Peter? I don't know. Uh, he said that he got, he drive. no, I don't think it's Pete Philbrook because this guy drives a Volvo. I don't think Philbrook yeah, he- drives a Volvo. Uh, he says that he got a letter in the mail that says his oil recommendation has changed, uh, that he should now do 0W20 on his oil, whereas the book and the sticker on his car say 5W30. He's wanting to know if this happens often and if there's a reason for it. Is it a letter from the manufacturer? Uh, he says it's a letter from Volvo. Okay. It so doesn't it, happen very often, but it, it does. I mean, just if they're if they've been having problems with an engine and they've decided a different oil is going to be better for it, it, it definitely happens. You're generally not going to get voided for using like your warranty won't get voided for using the other oil. The the but, original oil. Yeah, but I would I would do whatever the manufacturer is recommending. 
I would do whatever they've implemented because they're the experts on that engine. They they know what's been happening with that engine. They know the warranty claims. They know all the things that are going wrong. Yeah. So if they're putting out a different oil, there's a reason. Sure. Because they're paying those warranty claims. The 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 uh so if I'm not mistaken, oil like the the numbers and stuff, the W stands for winter, right? That's a winter rating. Uh Oh wait, and then the the numbers after that is the thickness or the the viscosity of the oil, right? So if you're doing a, a zero W twenty yeah. as you're right, the other way around, yeah, you're right on that. Yeah, as compared to a five W thirty, as long as it's from the manufacturer, what I what I would guess, Jeff, is that they don't just send cars off and then stop testing and stop taking field returns on people that own people that own these vehicles are coming in with problems or, or, you know, and they're making adjustments to these engines. I don't think that it would be a terrible idea to ignore it and stay with the original recommendation. But if the manufacturer is saying, Hey, it's been a couple of years and now we're suggesting you move to this type of oil, just do it, just do it. And, and, and don't ask questions, I guess. Is that, is that what I'm trying to say? I don't know. That is how I've always said it on, any manufacturer's oil stuff, do what the manufacturer's recommending because they are the ones that have tested these engines more than anybody else, even the oil companies. And they're going to pick the right oil for their engine because they're the ones that make you paying the claims if something goes wrong. Hmm. Right? So you put the trust in the guy that has the money on the line. Now, there is always, you always do want to raise Just an like eyebrow. in my sports world, if I've never tried to figure out who to pick for the game, you go to Vegas and see who they're picking because <laughs> they're always right. <laughs> the the Vegas prediction wizard, as Jake Scott calls him, yeah, they always know the answer. The uh, you you do want to raise an eyebrow though when you get a letter in the mail. I mean, I don't know about you, but I get like seven calls a week that my auto warranty has expired. Uh, yeah, it's a big difference between getting a letter in the mail from a random person and a letter from the manufacturer. Exactly. So make right, sure you get a letter from the actual company that made your car, or you get a call from the actual company that made your car. Then yeah. Everybody on the planet, myself included, gets five warranty calls a month. <laughs> uh, it's fun because I go over and visit my grandma once a week and help her clear out her voicemails, and listen. And she's and more than half of them are uh, that her. Has, has she extended her car warranty? Yeah, and she hasn't owned a car in fifteen years. Like it's she. It's so, but every time she's like, "Oh, I do I have a warranty out there?" No, grandma, you you don't. Uh, you just have a name and number, and so the people have found you. That's what's going on there. All right. Uh, I saw a recall for 57,000-some-odd Subarus, Jeff, for an engine defect. Have you heard about this? Which one is it? This is a, a, an issue, a recall issued for more than 57,000 Subaru Imprezas and XVs over improper engine control module programming. It means the ignition coil might overheat. If the coil fuse blows, the engine may stop while driving and not restart. This can increase the risk of an accident causing serious injury or death to vehicle occupants and other road users, obviously. The models affected are Imprezas between 17 and 19 and XVs made between 18 and 19. And they were sold nationally from November of 2016 to last year, November. I believe we do have parts available on this one already. But what I would recommend is if, you're, if your VIN number does fall in that category, just call into our BDC and they'll check it for parts availability and get you in again scheduled. Yeah, it doesn't sound like one that, 
uh, is like Not stop driving immediately. Stop sale. Yeah. Park yeah. your car one. No. Yeah. But you don't want to ignore it either. So if you've got an Impreza. No, just like any, any recall, you never want to ignore it. Just make sure to call in before. We talk about this on any recall, any manufacturer. Do not ever just show up. Because you are generally going to be disappointed. The XV is a cross truck, right? That's yeah, what, XV yeah. is what they used to call it. It was the XV cross truck originally. Yeah, they okay. got rid of the XV part of it because it was dumb. It is dumb. Because <laughs> I didn't <laughs> even know. I was like, wait, I've, I've never heard of an XV. Oh, it's a cross truck. Okay. It's the XV. It made it sound more rugged, I guess. I don't, but I don't also, don't just show up and say, hey, fix this. You want to make sure you get an appointment and yeah. do that. I mean, our service departments are pretty busy. One, I mean, that's another thing with the chip shortage that you're seeing, right? Because the chip shortage is out there, people can't buy new cars. A lot more people are fixing cars. Ah. So, service departments are pretty full. Yeah. So you might have a little harder time getting appointments in your service department than you have in the past. Yep. So just make sure you're planning ahead. So uh, thanks to Pete for starting that uh, conversation there about the the oil and uh, and then the uh, then that led me to find this blurb about the Subaru recall eight five five three four zero zone. Jeff, how has the Subaru ascent matched up to expectations as far as sell demand? supply how is the ascent now that we're what two three years down the road from its uh, revelation how has it lived up to its expectations i think it's been everything super's wanted for it more i mean i think they're selling as many as they can make which is always a good sign uh, i think it's due for a little bit of a refresh pretty soon okay or at least that we're gonna get some of the new technology in it from the technology stuff i mean the stuff that we see in the new outback the legacy on the dashes and all that is pretty neat stuff that It'd be really cool to get into that ascent, but they're just they're just great sturdy cars that that engine's done really well. Well, and they're they're beautiful. Like I think of a three row uh, family hauler, so to speak, and you typically end up sacrificing some aesthetics for the space, and that's not the case with the ascent. It's a beautiful, beautiful car. It gets up and goes. It's got that turbo engine. And it got, it's got a, you guys took so long to make it right. It should be perfect. Yeah, you're gonna get some little changes for 2022. Just little exterior stuff. Just little small stuff. You're not gonna really you know, not huge noticeable things. We call it a mid cycle refresh. And I think you're probably gonna get the new eyesight technology with the steering wheel drive and stuff like that. But oh, cool. nothing, no major changes this year on the ascent. Cool. Probably two, probably two more years away from a new, a new model on that. So, uh, <laughs> the sales uh, over the last, from last May to this May, they are down uh, on on Subaru Ascent, but aren't sales down across the board for everybody? It's they're just down because you can't make cars. Yeah, exactly. And so, the hard part of the Ascent when you get into a more high tech vehicle is that you got more chips in it. Right. So the more chips, the harder it is to make. And but every every model's down. Exactly. I mean, so the nice thing on the Subaru world is we actually report our sales, unlike everybody else. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> right. I mean, so you look at that. I mean, you look at our May. I mean, Subaru actually had was actually up in May. They're up eight point eight percent. We actually had a pretty good May in twenty twenty, and we recovered pretty well that month. Yeah. But you look at a set for the year is down eight percent, which isn't mm. a ton. It's about two thousand cars. Well, and that would match what the uh, the manufacturing 
uh, uh, numbers exactly. would show. I mean, you got to look at it that the average dealer's supply of vehicles on the ground right now for Subaru is like six days. Right. So pretty much everything they've made, we've sold. The the sale isn't down because people don't want the car. It's just not. They've, being, and they've yeah. shifted a lot of the stuff to the stuff that's easier to make, right? So they've shifted all that ascent, ascent production to Outbacks and Legacies and Impresas, right? So you look at a Outback right now. Outback's up thirty seven percent on the year. Legacy's up ten percent on the year. Impreza's up two percent. So that Crosstrek's up seventy, almost sixty three percent. Yeah. So I mean, the production is being shifted to stuff that's easier to make. And with with a base price of what thirty three something uh, on the ascent, it's really hard to beat that uh, for what you get. So I, when I see reports like Subaru ascent sales are down, Subaru should be concerned. I'm like, okay, who's writing this? What are they writing this for? And what is their point? And when they just throw out, well, sales are down, so you should be concerned. And they don't mention that everyone else's sales are down also because of pandemic and chip shortage. Then you kind of wonder, oh. what's the agenda here? Oh, absolutely. And there's a lot of it. I mean, there's one part of it is it's a competitive segment, right? Oh, it's I mean, maybe the most competitive, isn't it? The what? It's maybe the most competitive segment, wouldn't it be? Totally, and, yeah. they've got, and they've got some great competitors that have come in the world, right? I mean, that I mean, the, the new Palisade is a great car. I haven't had the pleasure of being in a Palisade, have you? I haven't I haven't tried it yet. Yeah, it's, I mean, just a, they're just a nice vehicle. So, I mean, that's the hard part is that they, one thing is just like everything else, I think to get a Palisade for like six months out, just you can't find anything, right? Yeah. So a lot of these cars, you don't know what their true popularity is because it's just not there. So here's some competitive, let me look at the competitive results. So if you look, this is just to the Denver zone, I believe. Okay. So the Ascent's down 25% in the market. So if you look at its competitors, oh, I don't know, Palisade. Islanders are way up. Islanders are up 160%. Why is that? Market. Just just because they've done it longer than anybody? I don't new models and they've they've made a ton of them. Yeah. I mean the problem is Subaru's they're just not making enough of it. Yeah. And that's the biggest issue Subaru's got. They just haven't been able to make enough cars. Right? I mean, they only sold forty three hundred assets. They probably could have sold ten thousand if they made them. Yeah, right. That's and that's the the sales aren't down because people don't want the car. It's just a matter of you got to be able to make the car that people want. Right. I mean, even like like the BRZ, they stopped making the BRZ until the new one start comes out pretty soon. Right. Yeah. We, they, they literally sold 19 BRZs last month <laughs> in the entire country. <laughs> 19. And you, you, you can't tell me there's not more than 19 people who would want to buy a BRZ. That's in the That's whole because country. Because somebody yeah. had the 19 dealers in the country that had a BRZ left all out and they had to sell something. They had to move it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But that's always going to be the issue on it. But it's interesting. You're seeing the the industry as a whole is doing really well. It's just a matter of getting enough cars. The demand's through the roof. And it's the chicken or the egg thing, right? Which causes which. Right? If there were cars on the lot, would there still be the demand? Or is the demand being driven by the lack of the availability? It's fascinating. Uh, right? It's a really interesting argument. You could argue either way. Yeah, and you ask eight you ask eight uh, car people, and you'll get four different answers on each side of which it is. Nope. So that oh, if we had if we had the ability to have forty five day supplies right now, we'd be selling twenty million SARS numbers. <laughs> I, don't, 
I don't think so. Huh. I think part of it's driven by like the conversation you got from that first person who asked a question, right? Yeah. Because there's no car, should I go get one? It's like, well, if you need one. <laughs> that's oh, that's a great line. It, you you buy a car when you need to buy a car. That's totally. That's what you should always remember. No, you buy a car always, Austin. Come on. <laughs> what can we do to get you in this what car you, today? What are you telling people? <laughs> Everyone needs five cars in their driveway. You you have a three-car garage? garage spaces. That's what those side ports are for. That's right. Parking. Why have a driveway if there's nothing in it that you can drive? That's you gotta you gotta fill. You need that a up. car for when it's raining. You need a car for when it's sunny. <laughs> you need a car so people just think you're home all the time. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, totally. A car for church and a car for play. A church car and a, and a play car. <laughs> that Sunday driver, right? Yeah. Hey, we'll take our second break. Come back for the second hour. Eight five five three four zero zone. It's Utah Car Sense. We'll be right back. <laughs> 